Last week we had Phil Valpi on to discuss the basics of usage and setup for 1050 communicating controls, the AccuLink and ComfortLink through Nexia, if you know them that way. This week Phil's back and he's discussing the zoning elements during setup of these 1050s to make sure that if you have a home or a business that you're working with that's zoned, the setup of the zoning goes smoothly and goes without any issues. The Nexia zoning system, or the ComfortLink or AccuLink zoning system as we call it, is a little bit different than regular zoning that you are used to. You cannot use a standard zoning panel like EWC or Honeywell. We have to use our own zoning panel. So let's go through how we would set it up. You've set up your thermostat and it's connected to your system and you've installed your zoning dampers. We have to install a zoning panel. Now our zoning panel is unique to us and it can go up to eight zones. We can also put up to three dampers per zone, which means you could put 24 dampers on it controlled with eight thermostats. Standard zone we set up is two or three. The wiring to our zone panel is similar to our furnace as we bring a three wire from the Nexia main 1050 thermostat to the zone panel. It's labeled R for hot, D for data, and B for common. So we call it RDB. So once we install our zone panel, we then are going to install our zone dampers to it. We use a three-wire damper, normally powered open and normally powered closed. So it's a powered open, powered closed damper. We at the Taurus Company use the standard EWC damper that we've been using for many, many years. So we have a common power open and power close terminal on each zone and you can piggyback up to three dampers on a zone. We're also going to have to wire in some type of slave thermostat for each zone. Now there are three ways we can do thermostats. One is just a sensor in the space. It's a two-wire sensor that goes to the zone panel on zone one, zone two, zone three, or zone four. It's just a two-wire sensor and it's read through the 1050 control. The second way is to wire a communicating 940 sensor into our RDB of the zone panel. That's our communication bus, so the RDB, and we can put up to eight 940 thermostats into our RDB control depending on how many zones we have. The newest way, which is fairly new to us, is a wireless sensor. The wireless sensor now can be put up in the space and needs no wires to go to the zone panel. It communicates directly via a Bluetooth-like communication, I think they call it Zigbee, to the 1050 thermostat. So you can zone the house if you have the ductwork there without any wires. The zone panel get set up near the furnace. Once we've put that in, we have to set the system up. Setting the system up involves the panel understanding what zones it has, how much airflow it has, and what type of dampers it has. So similar to what we talked about last week, we are going to go into the setup menu. We hit menu on the front screen. We then touch the service, go through and hold our technician access button in, hit the proceed button, and go to the installer setup. Once we get to the installer setup, we are going to go to group two, which last week we had disabled, and this week we're going to enable it. So when we enable it, that then enables zoning and it opens up a whole new 
menu for us for setting up the zoning. Once you open up the zoning, the little box says enable or disable, touch the enable button, and then you just hit next. The most critical thing in setting these dampers up is the next screen here. It says travel time. This is how long it takes the damper to go from fully closed to fully open. The minimum damper we can use can do it in 15 seconds. The maximum is 60 seconds. If you have a train American Standard damper, it is going to have a 60 second travel time. We at the Taurus Company for the last 30 years have been using EWC dampers and we're continuing to use them and you can use the ones that are in place. Those have a travel time of 35 seconds. So you must set the damper travel time to whatever you have, 35, 60, 15. If you don't know, close the damper, power it, and time how long it takes to go from fully closed to fully open. That's the easy way to do it. We cannot mix timing on the dampers. If you have six dampers in the house, all six dampers have to be the same timing, whether they're 15, 20, 35, 40, 50, 60 seconds, they all have to be the same. All dampers that we sell are 35 seconds, so you can deal with the 35 seconds. So at that point, you're gonna set the 35 seconds and hit next, and now we are going to detect the dampers. The zoning panel, you have wired your dampers to, but the wires, it doesn't know it's there yet. So we have a manual or an auto detect. I recommend using the auto detect. Hit the auto detect and next. And it sends voltage out to each of the dampers. And there's a trickle circuit inside the zoning panel that determines if there is a damper at the other end. When it sees the damper, it goes to the next one. It goes through all the possible connections to see how many dampers it has. And then it says done and you hit next. It will then show you the dampers that it has picked. The screen has eight dampers on it. They highlight in white which dampers it sees so you can tell whether or not you've got them hooked up. So if you're missing a damper, you'll see right away. If you have four dampers up and it only highlights three, you know which one, one's missing and you'll have to go do it again. So once we've detected the dampers, we have to figure out what size it is. And by size, I mean how many CFMs of air can go through that damper? Now, the communicating control talks to the zone panel. The 1050 control talks to the zone panel and sends it a signal to turn the fan on on the furnace. This is why we need a communicating furnace because the capacity of the furnace is known by the 1050 control and it can vary the fan speed up and down to send airflow through dampers. So we're going to do an airflow capacity and we're going to do an auto airflow capacity. So once you hit the auto, this can take 15 to 20 minutes depending on the dampers. And what happens is the 1050 control turns the fan on and shuts all the dampers and opens the dampers one at a time and the furnace reports how many CFMs are going down the damper. Now how does it do that? Well part of the damper package we sell you, we give you a supply and a return pitot tube that must be mounted in the supply and the return. It goes to a little sending unit, it's about the size of a quarter, maybe a half dollar. So these two hoses go in there and three wires plug into the zone panel. As the fan runs, this is reporting how many CFMs are getting through. So if we've shut all the dampers off except for one, it knows how many CFMs it's handling and it reports it to the control. So we're going to turn the system on, do our auto airflow capacity, and 
when it's done, and it may take 20 minutes, I've seen it on a really big system take 30, a really small system it may take 5 to 10. And it will give you the airflow capacity as a percentage of each damper. For instance, I have a two-zone system, and zone 1 is 75%, meaning if zone 1 is open, it can handle 75% of the capacity of the unit. I may have a zone 2. It could also handle 75% of the capacity of the unit. When you add up the amount of capacity on each of the zones, it must be a minimum of 100%. So I could have 50 and 50, 45 and 55, etc. If I had eight zones, I could have 25, 20, 30, 40, 85, 60, but it must be a minimum of 100. It could go up as high as 800. So the unit now knows I can put a certain amount of airflow down that one zone or two zones or three zones. And why do we do that? Because if we have a small zone and we have a lot of air, we have to dump it someplace else. So that's why we're, we're trying to keep track of how much capacity goes down each zone. So our air, airflow capacity is now done. If we don't like the airflow capacity number, the next screen says, you have 75% in zone one. And I say, eh, I really want 60. So you can type in 60 and say, I only want to put 60% in that zone. The reason for the manual entry is a zone cannot turn the equipment on, heating or cooling, unless it has a minimum of 25%. They call this a voting zone. A voting zone has to have 25% airflow or it can't turn the unit on. And remember back to last week when we talked about the units can go down to 25%. Well, that means this damper, when open to 25%, can take the smallest capacity of the unit so it wouldn't have any problems. Anything over 25% is no problem, but if you had a 20% zone and tried to stuff 25% down it, you're going to have blow-by and all sorts of problems. So a voting zone must have a minimum of 25%. So it will show you all the zones that are voting, and if one is not voting, and if it showed up at 24% on the auto sizing, you, you could change it to 25 But if it showed up at 18 or 10%, you don't want to change it. It's just not going to be able to vote. It will work fine when something else is calling. Now, one other thing that we can do is we have a offset built in. The offset is for airflow. It's called an indoor heating airflow offset. It's a percentage. We have an indoor heating airflow offset percentage that is above and below the cooling airflow. So let's assume we have a three-ton unit. Three tons of cooling is normally 1,200 CFMs. Well, in heating, we don't want 1,200 for whatever reason. We can drop that number as low as 50%. So we could put the offset at 50% less than 1,200 or 600. Oh, we could go 50% more from 1,200 up to 1,800. You might have a hot water coil that's a small coil that you don't need a lot of heat, or you may be in Alaska, you need a lot of heat and a little cooling. So we have the ability to move the airflow on the heating side above or below the cooling airflow. I leave it at zero until we have a problem, but you can, you can do that. With any zoning package, we run the risk of freezing the coil. Part of the zoning package has a discharge temperature limit put into the ductwork, and it's set at 38 degrees. So if the airflow coming out of your equipment entering the coil is 38 degrees, or leaving the coil is 38 degrees, it will shut the system down until it goes above. 
we have two settings on that, 38 and 34. If you find you're tripping off because your airflow is a little low at 38, send it down to 34. We do not have a setting below 34 because, of course, 32 degrees is cooling. Now, on the heating side, we have two limits. One is for heat pumps. The heat pump limit is 116 degrees. If the temperature in the ductwork gets above 116 degrees, it will shut the system down. That may, depending on your airflow, be a little low. So we have an extended temperature limit. We can go to 128 degrees. So if you have a heat pump compressor, you can go 116 or 128 as the discharge temperature after the coil. We then have to know what type of fuel we're using in zoning. Is it gas or oil? So normally it's a gas furnace because we don't have any oil furnaces with variable speed motors that will run. So most all the time it's a gas furnace or electric. So our heating, if it's gas, we then have to change the discharge temperature limit for gas. Gas is a lot higher than the heat pump. We said the heat pump was 116 and 128. The normal gas limit is 135 in the ductwork, and we can extend it out to 145 if our ductwork is a little poor. You know, we do get duct systems that are a little small, so we have to change this limit. So 135 for normal, that's from the factory, and 145 is the extended limit that you would have to change it to. So that's the last part of the setup on the uh, zone panel. The next thing we have to do is assign the thermostats or the sensors up in the space to the zone. So we go to the service menu that we were on earlier. It has installation setup, test all that. One of the icons is indoor sensor setup. We touch the indoor sensor setup and it brings us to a screen that shows our zones. Zone 1, 2, 3, 4, etc. For instance, zone 1, when you pull it up, its temperature sensor is called the onboard sensor. It is the temperature sensor that's inside the thermostat of the 1050. The 1050 is always zone 1. Now, we do not have to use the 1050 as a zone temperature sensor for zone 1, but we can't use it for anything else. We can use the 1050 quote as a front-end controller and have up to eight other thermostats and all you use the 1050 for is controlling you know up and down on all the other ones. Zone 2 then could be a 940 or what we call communicating sensor out in the space. That was wired to our zone panel on the bus. So zone 2 you would pick by serial number so it's kind of important that you keep track of the serial numbers as you're putting them on the wall one time. You could say zone two is serial number one, two, three, four, and you hit enter and assign it. We also could use a wireless sensor. The wireless sensors on this screen are at the bottom. You have zone two, and it says add wireless sensor. If I touch the add wireless sensor, the next screen says press add on this screen, and when you press add, it is now looking for a sensor that you have pushed the button on. There is a button on your wireless sensor you push that puts it in the setup mode. The thermostat now finds that. It says, I see serial number such and such wireless sensor. You say, assign it to zone two, hit done, and now it's assigned. So what we've done here is we've installed our zoning panel, our sensors to it, our dampers to it, run through the screen to set them all up, gone through the menu all the way down to putting the sensors, hit done, Go back to the main menu and everything should be working properly. Any problems, you're going to call one of us here at the SG Taurus Company and we're here 
you know, from 7 to 5 every day, Monday through Friday, to help you set these up. I recommend the first time you set up a zoning panel, you call us, and one of the techs here will help you through, and it'll be ice cream after that. So now Phil's taking you through the basics of usage, setup, and he's taking you through the zoning. Again, if you have any questions, call the tech line 978-657-4768. You can talk to Phil, Ken, Mark, or Russell. These guys all know what they're talking about. They're more than happy to help you out. Again, that's 978-657-4768. And as always, if you need a refresher, just hit replay on this podcast. You can listen to it at any time. You can have your tech subscribe out in the field if you're listening and you're an owner or something like that. Have them subscribe. They can listen to it in the field and get a quick refresher course. want to thank you for tuning in. We want to thank Phil for coming on, talking about the 1050. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, iTunes and Spotify. Search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can always follow along on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Taurus Tech Talk. Thank you.